Hello and welcome to episode 20 of See You on the Air, the podcast brought to you by the creators of learning and wellbeing event, Comms Unplugged. Well, welcome to the end of an old year and the beginning of a new one. And many of us might want to write 2020 off straight away. But in typical Unplugged style, a few of us have been reflecting on not just the difficulties and the challenges of this very unusual year, but also on the positives. There are a few themes that you'll hear coming through in some of the chat we hear in this episode. They include adapting, they include discovering things, and importantly, they include being kind and you'll hear lots more about that soon we're going to kick off with team unplugged that's myself sally northeast along with my lovely co-creators georgia turner and darren caveney we got together on zoom to have a little think about what's happened in 2020 and what that's meant for us Welcome to the final See You on the Air of 2020. We have missed a couple this year for obvious reasons, I think. I think I can be excused from having done one every month. Have you been busy? I've been a little bit busy this year. Yeah, I have. So we have missed a couple, but it felt appropriate that we would have a little bit of a a reflective session about 2020 because it's been... A year to beat all years, hasn't it, really? And interestingly, on our little chat earlier on on WhatsApp, you were both saying that you don't generally tend to do a lot of reflection. You're more about getting on to the next thing. And it's it's quite an interesting exercise. And we had Claire Parker from the Forestry Commission do a little talk, didn't we, in the field last year at Comms Unplugged 19 about reflection for communicators. And I think I've got into the habit of doing it because obviously I write bullet journals. So every week, I, well, every day, actually, I sit down and think, OK, what's happened today and how do I feel about it? and you know what what's it taught me it was really a little bit of that sort of thing really to see see what we thought and what we've learned and what we've taken away from from 2020 both from a learning perspective so professionally or personally and from a well-being perspective because we've had to think about those things in a really different way haven't we so Darren do you want to kick off what are some of the key things that you've learned this year do you think new brand new all new, new and shiny for 2020 well I've been I've been very good Sally I've uh, I've done my homework and I've prepared some notes excellent Are you impressed Yes. So, so one thing I've learned this year is to make notes rather than just ramble. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fail on that one. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll show you how to do it, G. It's really easy. Yeah, well, I suppose, are we doing the X-rated version or the pre-watershed version of 2020? <laughs> well, let's go pre-watershed, shall we? Because yeah. I know you can get a bit controversial. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, only, only sometimes. Yeah, so I've written down, I've done a top eight, so it's probably too much to to rattle off all in one go so shall I pull out a couple and then you can dive in and then you two chip in otherwise otherwise it'd just be 10 minutes of me and nobody wants that in their life do they? okay well, my, my first one these are just some reflections in no particular order the first one is my pride to work in communications I'm genuinely proud to work in comms and, yeah. and I don't mean for me and what I've done this year, because although I think as a consultant, I, I do feel like I've done probably more this year that's been genuinely helpful than probably any other year. But I just feel like I've just been a tiny, tiny, not even a cog, a, a little speck of a cog in a much, much bigger wheel, but proud of you know all the people that I know for the work they've done. And I'll embarrass you too now, because that includes you too, because we've got someone oh. working, you know, two senior comms people, one in the NHS in a really big trust and one in one of the largest councils in the UK. I know how hard it's been for you two. And 
you know, you've never moaned. Oh, actually, there was that one. No. <laughs> That's funny. A little <laughs> no. bit of moaning yeah. every now and then. But you genuinely, you haven't. You've cracked on. You've done it. You've done amazing jobs. And and I'm proud of the job that you've done. And, and I just think, you know, I just think we work in a brilliant industry. You know, I, lo- I love a stat, don't I? I was, I was thinking about this earlier. And I was making a few notes. And I reckon that on average, so what do people work? 37 hour weeks is an average, generally. Now, I know for a no, fact. No, never. I don't know no. if you've got one in my team. <laughs> okay. or That's your contracted hours. hours. That's your contracted hours, probably. Contracted hours, absolutely. So I know for a fact that you've probably been doing 60, 70 hour weeks. But even if we said at a conservative guess, you've done 50 hour weeks for nine months. I did the numbers on that. So if you've averaged 50 hours a week, which is really easy, and I know you two have done more than this, that's been an extra 520 hours in the past nine months. Wow. Which is wow. 14, one four extra weeks of work this year. <gasps> My God. God, that's amazing. And I, I don't know why I started doing the sums, but I started trying to put a few metrics to it. I thought, that's unbelievable, isn't it? And and so not only am I proud to work with people like you, I think others sort of further afield should be proud of everything you've done. And I know there's a lot of kindness and, and goodwill around, but there is still the, ooh, blooming comms. And we saw that tweet the other night, didn't we, which we won't talk about from a clinician. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we still need to keep banging the drum, don't we, about how important the work you do is. Totally. And I think comms, is, I'd say it's come into its own more, more than ever. Certainly in the NHS, that's been my experience, as in, you know, we are right at the key tables now to have those discussions because everybody has realised how important it is to communicate everything we're doing and quickly, presumably because of the government strategy on how it's communicated things. You know, we've been very much on the back foot a lot of the time. So it's been really important to work really, really quickly. Certainly in the NHS, I know it'll be the same for you, G, as well, in terms of, you know, how you've had to turn stuff around and how those really quick, speedy skills of all those wonderful comms people have come into play. Yeah, you think about comms colleagues generally very much have got that can-do approach. It's been one of those things we've talked about for years around almost comms teams are too can-do because we're the ones that get a bit dumped on and a bit the ones that can do a bit of everything. But because we are so quick to react, we actually thrive a little bit on a crisis, maybe not on a crisis that goes on for the best part of a year. But, (laughs) you know, we do do work generally as a breed. We work particularly well on on adrenaline and, and that motivation we get from doing something quickly, doing it well, knowing it's important, making a difference. You know, what could be more important than communications around all the activities you need to do people out there to protect yourselves and protect others and save lives. There's nothing more important than that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it just shows how important those skills are when you come to what is a prolonged crisis situation, I guess, you know, and how we're not just running around with the press releases we're actually doing a fundamental job which is helping to save lives actually you know we are co- helping to communicate really important information to help save lives so yeah it's a really 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 important job now we've as a comms unplugged team because of course we had to very very sadly cancel our main event this year we've had to adapt haven't we and we've had to learn how to do some different things and we've learned how to run webinars this year who would have it's not very unplugged is it <laughs> <laughs> But we have tried to bring an unplugged flavour in terms of our content, our unique content, and also replicating that community feel and that sense of inclusion and friendship through our webinars. So it's a tiny, tiny piece of the field through the screen. Not quite the real thing, of course, but uh, we'll get there next September. But 
It's the next best thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm pretty sure we were the first to bring in things like yoga into an online event. And we were doing that back in May. And then I think subsequently a number of others have uh, added that kind of content into their events. But we, we were doing that first, definitely, weren't we? We were running tea parties for the unpluggers. We were doing a sing-along, weren't we? Bake-alongs. I made cookies. We did all sorts of different online events just to try and switch it up a little bit. I know, Darren, you've you've done some stuff online as well with your group of consultants that clearly have gone through really challenging times this year. There's that bit about that community, isn't there? So we talked about the skills of comms people, but actually comms people are really supportive to each other. Certainly it's a big thing for us in Comms Unplugged. And I know it has been for you and your guys. Regular meetings all, all through the year, every week, I think you've had, haven't you, of your consultant pals together? It's just something that came again completely left field and I thought you know when you're a you know one man or one woman bands you you know suddenly you're isolated you're in lockdown you're working from home you know work got a bit quieter and it was okay we, we all need people to bounce things off and you know I'm, I'm lucky because I've got you know lots of lots of networks that I'm in you know from being in comms for a hundred years but you know not everybody has so I thought wouldn't it be good if we set up a kind of consultants freelancers support group and uh, sounds really cheesy, doesn't it? And a bit hippie-ish. So I, I, put, I put the message out on Twitter and said, would it be useful? Anybody up for it? And suddenly kind of 30 odd people signed up and thought, oh, this is good. But, you know, very often we've all tried things, haven't we? Set up groups, you know, various different channels to have dialogue and things. And they generally peter out, don't they, after a certain amount of time. Mm. This one hasn't. It was really interesting. We had just prior to Christmas, we had our 35th meeting. Wow. So, you know, we, we started in March and we've had 35 Zoom chats on a Monday lunchtime. Wow. They've been brilliant. And I think, you know, some, some friendships have been made, bringing together people that, you know, have not met before, you know, and even... Amanda Coleman's on the group and she said, can we do Secret Santa? They're like, yeah, of course we can. So it fell to me. I've never organised a Secret Santa in my life and I'm <laughs> probably not the best job for me, but I organised it. And so we did a Secret Santa with the consultants. And yeah, so I think it's been really beneficial. I think we've supported each other. There's sometimes some work chat in there and some work questions. So I think three of the group only set up this year as freelancers, you know, and there's, there's some very experienced people on the group, you know, Paul Masterman. Fran Collingham's of the world, you know, and that's a really rich source of kind of knowledge to be able to tap yeah. into. It. So if Absolutely. you've just started and you've just set up as a, you know, self-employed comms consultant and you can tap into that knowledge for free, that's brilliant. And I think we've all benefited from it, but mostly it's just been good fun. So yeah, that, that was one of my better ideas this year. It's like, that's, that's like having a team, isn't it? Um, where, yeah. Whereby, you know, Georgia and I have got, I've got teams that, you know, we work with obviously, but it's like anything, it's necessity is the mother of adventure. You, you come up with stuff when you have to, you know, when we're not challenged, when we're just like cruising along, doing what we've always done, we will continue to get what we've always got. We've had to completely throw everything out and then have us have another go really with how we've worked. I mean, Georgia, I know that, like me Microsoft Teams for example was rolled out for you guys was it just before this all kicked off or yeah it was rolled out along across our organization and now it's you can't imagine life without that kind of platform now in your life and your working life and how it supports teams and collaboration and still not the same as being in a room with people and I do think one of the things I wanted to talk about was creativity and I do think that is not as easy as it you know that's one of the things that we've had to really work hard at through the screen but I do think that 
creativity is one of the massive things that has come to the fore is what communicators can add. We know how sick people are of hearing, stay home, wash hands, hands, face, face. People are fed up with it, but it mm. hasn't stopped it being important. So across this whole period, so many different uh, ways of saying it, hooks to hang it off, hang it off Christmas, hang it off New Year, hang it off business, hang it off holidays, hang it off family, hang it off this, whatever we can find. People and, and comms colleagues up and down the country have been finding ways of saying stay at home, hands face space, whatever their latest message, the key message is in a way that is resonant, is creative, is different, but hasn't diverted too much from the core message because we know we need to repeat, 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 repeat. So it sinks in, but equally not repeat so much that it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah, totally. So many different challenges to, to meet and, and different ideas to come up with. One of the biggest things obviously this year, and I think, you know, we've been talking about this since 2017, it is around people's well-being and our resilience and how we how we keep going when we are working in such a different way when we're all isolated in our homes when we can't get out and you know interact with our teams and you know despite all those great things we've got online it is different as you say Georgia and it, it feels very different there's certainly been some bits and pieces that have been a bit of a savior for me over the over the year in terms of supporting my well-being but I wonder if you know maybe you would share some of yours Darren what have you discovered around well-being stuff that has really made a difference for you this year mm, believe it or not I do actually like going to the gym so when when gyms closed down it was like oh okay well I used to like running but running's really bad for your knees so I've stopped running over the year so you know suddenly going out walking mm. so that, that became a biggie which kind of the whole nation well most of the nation were were involved with right nice but I must be honest and I love li living in the city but I think you know particularly during lockdown I just got bored of doing the same walks mm. I know that sounds a bit glib but you know I, I'd look at people you know like you know you, you're near to the coast and you know I see like people like Ian Kerwin up in the Lake District and Anna and Joanne in beautiful Lot Lomond and I'd I'd be pining to go you know somewhere outdoors that was that looked different and, and included some water so so that that was interesting but I think actually one of them which has come kind of late in the year you, you've actually inspired me so you've done a couple of drawing tutorials haven't you yeah um for the unpluggers and I, and I thought those were lovely they were like the perfect antidote to all the angry world of social media and aggravating news each day and I think actually just listening to some chilled out tunes getting the pens out that was one of the best things I think I started doing as a result of your drawing classes so yeah so this year I, I hand drew Christmas cards for a few people and uh, they were brilliant Mike, you're such you. a talented cartoonist you really are you really are I was so impressed with it and I'm, I'm so pleased that that's inspired you because you're good at it and it's just a thing you get out of the habit of doing isn't it yeah no totally I, I mean I am a failed cartoonist and I wanted to go to art school and I managed to cock that up so I didn't go to art college but I, I met a guy back then who was a political cartoonist for a regional newspaper and I, I looked at his work and I thought it was the coolest job. And actually, even now, I still think it's a really cool job. I you can know. so I, see you doing that, Dee. Uh, that sounds like right yeah. on your street. <laughs> you would love that. <laughs> and, you know, the listeners at home won't be able to see this, but just as I was logging onto the call this evening, I've done a quick 30-second sketch there of uh, Boris Johnson. Brilliant. Hey, Dee, 
You need to think of what your artistic pen name is going to be. Like we happen to know a Josie Diamond on a on Twitter, so maybe you need to come up with your cartoon pen name and see see if any um anywhere's interested. Secret pseudonym, yeah. <laughs> maybe that would be brilliant. And you know, and and I don't profess to be brilliant, but I think it's such a relaxing pastime. Yeah, and I, and I think you know, moving away from you know too much time on screens which I've been very guilty of. I've watched so much trash on Netflix in the last two weeks. <laughs> you know, the odd decent movie sprinkled in, but so much trash. And I think my time would be better spent, you know, getting the pens out and doing a little bit of sketching and watching less rubbish on Netflix and Amazon. Yeah, it is very, uh, it's a very chill thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. I really enjoyed doing those couple of little tutorials. I think we'll do some more yeah. in the new year. Because again, I'm still learning, but I, I think the thing is picking the pens up, isn't it? And thinking, actually, I'm going to have a go. And somebody said to me after one of the tutorials that they wouldn't do it on their own. It, they needed someone to sort of say, draw along with me. Here's how you do it. And then felt they could get get on with it and they could get better. And that's kind of how I started just looking at stuff on, on YouTube and things. Yeah, so it's I, been totally, I totally get that, that someone showing you how to do it and, and, and you know, just talking you through it. Because you and I did it in, in the field with our yes. CU for two, our cancelled comms unplugged 20. And since I've done your tutorials and you've given me some stuff on my birthday yeah but, um and i've said it on another podcast but i will say it again you you will i promise you will surprise yourself at how maybe not how good but how unbad you are <laughs> i was convinced anything i did was going to be utter rubbish it would be embarrassing and i couldn't believe i mean i'm not particularly artistic but i was really pleased with what i what i did and i've done a couple of cards for my mum since and i've done a couple of drawings not as much as i i would like and i maybe will take a leaf out of darren's book and try and do a little bit more next year but i really enjoyed it and i and, and it was a real feel-good thing as well because i surpassed what i thought i could do and that makes you feel good doesn't it yeah it's, it's a confidence booster isn't it and try actually i think learning things and trying something new well, it's, it's one of the steps to well-being isn't it yeah gee what, what else have you been doing this year because obviously you're you like to go to the gym as well don't you and and yoga and, and a lot of those things have been cancelled or delayed or whatever so what have you been doing to to look after yourself because you're a bit of a full-on person aren't you <laughs> a bit like I'm me a bit of a full-on person <laughs> <laughs> um, my routine pretty much flipped on its head. So my routine always was gym class on the way home from work, three, maybe four, but more often three times a week. You know, I I would tell myself that was great because I would leave the office at a certain time because I'd book on a class and obviously all the gyms shut. So I had to turn my whole kind of routine on its head because mm. I knew if I was working, you just know, knew the hours that were coming with COVID. That yeah. you know, If I'm finishing work at seven, there's absolutely no way I'm going to, especially early on in the, in the year, it was sunny, the weather was nice, you know, it wasn't going to happen. I'm, I might go for a walk, but more likely I was going to sit in the garden with a gin and tonic. So <laughs> if I was going to do exercise, which I wanted to because I enjoy it and I know it's good for me. It had to be first thing in the morning. So I had to write from the beginning and I did and I still have now. Don't think, oh, well, you know, I haven't got a commute to work, so I won't get up at half six. I'll get up at seven or late. Still get up at half six. Do your, you know, online exercise. It's free. I, and I like the rest of the country. I've been working on, you know, doing the Joe Wicks things and yoga with Adrienne and, and just do it in the morning. It totally sets you up for the day. And especially most of the sum, summer, I was doing out in, in my garden. So I was getting a little bit of morning fresh air as well. Sometimes seeing the sun come up and rise over the over the mm. fence, which was lovely. Yeah, definitely exercise, really, really important. And like Darren, walking. 
I'm lucky in that I, I quite like walking. I, I enjoy walking and also using that as a way of getting into doing short journeys on foot because, as you know, I've, I'm a bit of a sofa conservationist, armchair <laughs> conservationist, really. You know, if I can walk up the road for my for my shopping or you know walk to get some supplies or walk somewhere for a, a treatment or something whatever it is that I don't that I would ordinarily just naturally jump in the car I have got in a little bit of a habit of doing that and I'm not always but more often than not I would say I walk if it's under a mile I'll walk it totally so switching up your routine as, as we've just said, I'm, I'm always into my arts and arts and crafts anyway, but I've been trying some different crafts. So I've been doing lino cutting and lino printing, which I've never oh, done before. Sally, I, I wish people could see your lovely little face when you talked about those things because you just had such a big smile and you looked so happy. Oh, it's, it's so lovely. good. It's so good. Again, it's things that you didn't think you could achieve with it you know you get a cheap little kit that you get online at amazon you know amazon well they're knocking at my door every day pretty much the amazon delivery people <laughs> i'm always ordering something but doing my little liner cuts i've made all my christmas cards you know i've made loads of different pictures and paintings and stuff which is really lovely and then my daughters bought me a little mini potter's wheel for christmas oh. where, where you make these teeny tiny pots i mean it's really hard so I, i've not done fantastically well yet i need to practice quite a lot more but but that's been you know that that's really interesting as well so just trying different types of art and craft you know not being constrained by well you know i know how to do this i feel comfortable in this i'm going to keep doing this let's try something different and then of course my old staple something in the post now i i started the year as we all did not knowing that it was going to turn out the way it did and i started the year committing to sending something in the post every week to somebody who I thought needed it or, you know, who I, who I spotted needed congratulations or needed a pick-me-up or whatever. And I, I committed to do that. And my goodness me, how useful has that been in this particular year? Because, of course, none of us have been seeing each other. So something in the post has gone crazy. And I counted how many somethings in the post I had sent throughout the year because I log it all in my bullet journal. And uh, I have sent at least... These are the things I've logged. At least 243 somethings wow. in this year, which is just under five a week. Sally, that's amazing. <laughs> sometimes it's just a card. They're always they've always got a handmade card in. So sometimes it is just a card. Sometimes it's a little bit of chalk. Sometimes it's a birthday or whatever. 243 things I have sent in the post. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit gobsmacked by that. But but you know that's that thing about giving, isn't it? And um, you know, Darren, you've talked about you know giving your time and kind of supporting those consultants in that group. Something in the post for me is my way of giving to people when I spot they need something. Georgia, you've been doing some giving back in an environmental sense, haven't you? In the in recent weeks as well, you've been doing some conservation stuff. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I've started. I've only been a couple of times, but we're definitely going to keep it up. Volunteering at our local park. It's just once a month on a Saturday morning, doing whatever Ranger Tom tells us he's doing. The first time it was chopping stuff down that they didn't want, so gorse and trees and branches and bits and pieces, and then the next time it was chopping up the stuff we chopped down um, <laughs> to, to get it cleared away, to make the environment so that the invasive unnatural species are, you know, got rid of and create more light and less canopy so that more natural species on, on habitats that should be in that environment can start to flourish again. So yeah, really enjoy it. And it's 
being outside, which I love. It's doing something, you know, completely different to what my job is. Physical work, it's, you know, they, they give you all the stuff you need. They're a really friendly bunch. So it just feels like a nice way of giving something back in and doing something I enjoyed as well. So we're definitely going to keep it up. Yeah, you were doing that with your nephew, haven't you? So it's a nice thing to do with like extended yeah. family. Yeah, definitely. He's he's 11. He's been struggling a bit the last probably two or three years and recently been diagnosed, very recently been diagnosed autistic. So absolutely brilliant for him. It gets him off his devices. So, you know, it gets him a bit unplugged, but he loves being out in, out in the air. He loves nature, loves all that stuff. And it gives his mum and dad a little, you know, a few hours as well and gives us good bonding time with him too. So it's a win, 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 win. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's lovely, isn't it? And that whole act of sort of giving, thinking about others or thinking about the environment just actually puts things in perspective a little bit, doesn't it? Because it, it's yeah. quite easy, isn't it, to think, to focus on your own personal situation in you know, how it affects you, this current situation. And, you know, there's always people who, have got it more difficult than you have and there's no point in kind of comparing really but actually to give to other people just makes you feel a bit better about the world in general yeah and what I would say in, in terms of the unpluggers what an amazing bunch they have been supporting each other this year particularly on whatsapp I mean we've obviously we've talked about the the webinars and some of the events we've done online but the whatsapp groups have been absolutely a buzz with conversation I don't, I don't know what you think Darren but I've, I've not experienced anything quite like that before in terms of a sort of a, a community like that no absolutely I, you know when you've got this communities obviously you know we've got our own communities haven't we on twitter and various other social media channels and I know whatsapp is part of facebook so I'm not daft enough to think that it isn't another form of social media but there's something different about a trusted group of people and a, and a relatively small group of people on something like WhatsApp having, you know, sometimes just some daft conversations, sometimes some quite heavy conversations. And, and you never really know from one day to another, do you? And, and I think, yeah, very often these, I mean, I've set up groups in the past and, you know, some of them take off and some of them are still around nine years on. Others, you know, fall by the wayside because people get a bit bored or it's it's served a purpose and you've moved on to the next thing. But with the WhatsApp groups on for Comms Unplugged, I think they've been quite essential, haven't they? You know, some days you need to tune out and you need to not have a look and that's fine. But I think some days, if you're in the mood, I think they're quite therapeutic, aren't they? And if you do need to have a quick rant, you can. If you want to share some good news, you can. But also, I think you can spot people when they're perhaps gone a bit quiet. You know, we've probably all experienced, you know, a, a private message from someone saying, just checking in, noticed you've been a bit quiet recently. And, and I think that's that's quite sweet, isn't it? And I think that's, that's a really positive trait that's come out of Comms Unplugged. I think it's a very caring set of people, isn't it? It's genuinely people who are looking out for each other. And I think... Yeah, I think so. I think it's a lovely thing. It's, it's wonderful. It's you know, you'll go from I'll go from a conversation where I'll be having a full-on rant about something, and then you know, ten minutes later, I could be wishing somebody good luck for something that's coming up that day, or congratulating them on something they've done. To you know, sharing a joke, laughing at a picture of their dog, and sending them a recipe for the dinner I'm going to make tonight. And <laughs> you could do all of that in about twenty minutes, if not less, in and 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 in the various groups with the various people, and because there's so many conversations going on at any one time and nobody might nobody has, seems to have that mindset that I'm trying to have a serious chat here and why is nobody why isn't the world being serious people jump in and out and everyone's cool with what everyone's talking about it's such a trusting and welcoming and supportive environment that 
whatever you want to talk about and whatever you want to share, however serious or however silly it is and everything in between, it's all fine and it's all good. Yeah, we've been through some uh, some stuff together this year. We've had uh, three unplugged babies. We've had people applying for and getting jobs. We've had people leaving jobs. We've had all sorts of stuff going on and we've all kind of experienced that together and been there for each other through all of those things. And I think that the main thing is there's always somebody there, isn't there? You know, there's always yeah. somebody there who's listening. Other people might have tuned out, as you say, Dan, because actually it's a day where you can't. I mean, I remember I found some film clips. You know, I'd like to do my little dog walk film clips. Found some of those from back at the beginning of the first lockdown on my computer the other day. And I realised I didn't have the headspace to read the messages and reply to them because it was all happening so fast. So I just every day I did, a, I can see I did a download <laughs> onto a little video and shared it with the unpluggers because I just needed to share something with somebody because I couldn't engage with it in another way. And, and, and everyone was there and everyone was feeding back and nothing was expected. It's come into its own even more and just really cemented the community that we knew we had already and that gut-wrenching decision that we had to take in the summer to cancel comms unplugged which was the right decision in my head I still hear Georgia saying it's a special special event and it is it is a special event and it could not have been what it needed to be but we're we're fingers crossed aren't we we're planning already we've got pretty much our schedule together haven't we for next year 221 it's in the bag it's in the bag and let's hope well we're being told April will be will be fine aren't we but I think it might be a little bit longer than that. We're, by September, it should be okay, shouldn't it? Yeah, not should, will. It will be. <laughs> and I suppose on that, anyone that's listening in that hasn't been before, obviously we're talking about all of these groups and all of these people. I think sometimes when you're new to it, and we saw this, didn't we, in year two and year three, people that were messaging us, probably a little bit worried that it might be a bit clicky or people wouldn't know anyone. Mm. And I think anyone that comes next year can come and join the party because it's the least clicky group of people you'll ever meet, isn't it? Yeah. It's so unclicky. So yeah, hopefully we're we're all systems go for September. We're we're ahead of the game with planning because obviously we cancelled this year's. But if <laughs> anyone that comes next year can come and join all of these conversations and get involved and, and meet some brilliant people who who are there, good times and bad. So, you know, I think the demands to be there in the field next September will be enormous. Yeah, well, I, I hope so. And I, I think the the main thing I think about comms on is when you come into the field and people are immediately there helping you pitch your tent and they, they don't know you. So that's really the atmosphere, isn't it? And it's the same in the WhatsApp groups. People are there for you. It doesn't matter if they haven't met you before. You're all there and having a shared experience. And it's a it's a wonderful thing. I, I missed it so much this year. G and I had a lovely time. We had actually we had a really lovely time in it the field brilliant. with our own little uh, little two woman show. But we want to get the big show on the road again, don't we, G? We do. It was it was very special weekend, I must say, Sally. I will yeah. see you for two. It really was. We missed you, D. See you for three would have been even better, but see you for two was was the next best thing. But yeah, it was nice not to be organising the world and his <laughs> yes. wife for forty eight hours. I must say, and you know, we just flipped our program a little bit because we because we could. But no, no substitute for the real thing. And absolutely cannot wait to be there with the sparkling marquees, the fire going, the wood-fired pizza, the wonderful learning and well-being activities and all the amazing people that will come and old friends, new friends. It's just going to be amazing. And we will need it by then, won't we? We will need it big time because we will have had enough of all this isolating ourselves endlessly and just trapped in our boxes of our houses and our cars and 
you know, we will need that big sky, that big fresh air, those forests, you know, and all that lovely stuff. So we look forward to seeing anybody who would like to come and explore that Comms Unplugged world with us later next year. In the meantime, well, it's Happy New Year. A happy 2021 to everybody. Let's hope it is way, way better than 2020. Let's not overhope, but let's hope it's going to be better than this. It's got to be. It will be. And we will see people in the field. We will. Okay, well, we'll see you in the field and thanks for joining us. Take care. Bye. Next up, we hear from 2019 unplugger Pen Kelly. Now, she's the creator of our fantastic Places to Unplug calendar this year. She came up with the idea of putting together a load of photographs from the unpluggers in the 2019 WhatsApp group and putting them together in a calendar which we produced. So that's been a wonderful thing and a great memory of 2020. Pen's taking us through a few of the things that she's learned this year and some of the things that have helped her get through the tougher times. Hi, my name's Penla Kelly, and here are my reflections on 2020. We all know the negatives of this year, so my reflection is focusing on the positives. First thing I want to look at is the new skills I learnt this year. Creating podcasts for my organisation was one that I really enjoyed doing. It was great to get different perspectives across the business about what's going on around the organisation in such a strange year, and to give people positivity. Another thing that I did at work was to manage the staff survey. I've also never done this before, and that was really great. And we managed to get a fairly good return rate despite the COVID-19 pandemic and having to delay the survey by six months. Personally, one thing that I really enjoyed learning this year was paddleboarding. It was so lovely to get out in the water down at Maidstone and to see all the different wildlife that was around us, especially the kingfishers. They were magical to see flying along beside the water. Absolutely loved that. Another thing that I learned very recently at the end of this year was to ride a quad bike, something I've never done before either. I've always been scared of motorbikes, but a quad bike was so much fun and I hope to be doing a lot more of that in 2021 too. With regards to developing new skills in 2020, I took the Comms Creative Social Media Expert course. Now, this was a really great course to do and I really enjoyed the interactive sessions that were put on and I definitely learned a lot about creating social media for, for organisations. So that's going to be really useful for me going forward in my career. I've also personally done a lot more drawing and painting this year and I've really enjoyed that too. I've got uh, paintings that I did for friends. They were taking some lovely pictures when they were out on walks and I decided to draw a few of them and send them to them. And that was really nice as well because it felt like you were sort of giving something back. It was Sally's initiative of something in the post. It felt like I was getting involved in that too. So that was lovely. But what has really helped me through 2020 has got to be the kindness of others. Even though we've been physically distanced, it's been keeping up those communities through WhatsApp chats like the Comms Unplugged 2019 group and video calls with friends and family. Whenever you've been on a low ebb, it's been really great to know that those that we've got that technology there to be able to connect with people nowadays. I think we've just got to really you know, understand that that was actually a really positive thing this year. We may have got a little bit of Zoom fatigue at times, but at least we could connect. I think that's a real positive that we can take from 2020. Outside of work as well, it was taking things more slowly. Things were very hectic in work. And so it was really nice to be able to get out and enjoy nature and enjoy my garden and just learn to appreciate these small things. You know, just hearing the bird song during lockdown one where there was, wasn't much traffic around, you could really hear it. And it was just appreciating those little things that just really made this year. But ultimately for 2020, I think it's known that when we're through it, there's lots of hope for 2021. It might take time, but we'll get there and hopefully in time for September so that we can all be at Comms Unplugged 2021. I think that's what we're all looking forward to.
Ah, comfort zones. What a wonderful thing. We've all been pushed out of ours a little bit in the last few months, haven't we? Next up, we have Joe Crossland, one of our 2019 unpluggers, who's based up in beautiful Scotland. He's been pushed out of his comfort zone a couple of times this year, and he reflects on actually how that's not such a bad thing after all. Hello, unpluggers. Joe Crossland here. So I've been thinking a bit about 2020 and the challenges it presented. And I realised there's a bit of a common thread running through the year for me of being nudged and rocked and finally tipped right out of my comfort zone. So back in January, I went for a job interview with a company whose entire workforce were remote working and they were spread right across the UK. And the job sounded really interesting, but it rang a few alarm bells for me in terms of how would home working work? How would you establish relationships with people who were all remote working? Was I really suited to working at home uh, on a permanent basis? But I thought, well, go along to the interview and see what happens. So I went to the interview and that was a bit strange because there was one person in the room and one person dialing in via a uh, laptop and their connection kept on going down throughout the interview, which was so 2020 without even realising it at the time. So anyway, so I didn't get the job in the end, but um, I kind of convinced myself I didn't really want it in the end and, you know, didn't really want to work from home. So chalk it up to experience and, and move on. So then uh, fast forward a couple of months and uh, we're all working from home. So I guess at the start there was a bit of readjustment of comfort zones, learning how to use Zoom, how to work from home successfully, how to be part of a remote team. But I guess most of our teams were you know, well established and we built those relationships already. So there wasn't too much difficulty in readjusting to working from home. And all this is going to be over in six months, isn't it? Anyway, so yeah, it's only going to be a temporary thing. But as time went on, I think a new kind of comfort zone got established. And I was starting to think about post-pandemic and what life might look like, you know, with maybe a bit more homeworking in the future. And so I kind of settled down into my new cosy comfort zone. And then fast forward a few months again, and I get redeployed to test and protect the um, Scottish contact tracing service. So, um, oh, what a major jolt to my comfort zone that was. So, um, you know, the prospect of phoning COVID positive patients and telling them to self-isolate and finding out who their contacts were and working in a, in a new office environment. I had to actually go into the office for training and wear PPE, work with new people and learn new systems and being you know, thrust right into the heat of the pandemic. It was uh, quite a, a scary concept, really. But actually, I totally loved it. Great speaking to people on the phone and establishing new relationships with new colleagues. Actually seeing people in the flesh was really nice. And, you know, being doing that really important work of the pandemic response was, was fantastic. And through that opened up a, an opportunity for a behind the scenes kind of role with Test and Protect. So I went for this interview and that was conducted via Teams. And the team I was working with were all going to be uh, working remotely and spread right over Scotland. Does any of this sound familiar, unpluggers? So um, I realised I'd come full circle from, from January, not wanting to do remote working, and now I'm totally loving it. And why aren't we all doing it? Why weren't we doing it before? Why aren't we living wherever we want to live and just commuting in those few days in the future when we need to go into the office? So the moral of my tale, or lesson, I suppose, is to uh, listen to that comfort zone bell ringing because it might just take you somewhere you never dreamed of going. On that note, I'm going to go and put a wash on and Google houses for sale in the Hebrides. Happy New Year, unpluggers. Well, I 
think it's time for a little stroll now, isn't it? So let's join original unplugger Josephine Graham on one of her canal sidewalks up in Leeds, where she reflects on all the things that have helped get her through a difficult year and particularly how important it's been to discover all those beautiful local environments that you can enjoy. It's a chilly day in December and I'm walking along the Leeds and Liverpool Canal in Leeds. The section of this runs just five or ten minutes walk from where we live. I've just walked past some barges, some canal boats. There's a little marina where some people live. And then a couple of minutes ago, I also walked past a group of seven goosanders. I don't think I would have known what a goosander was at the start of this year. I'd have just thought it was a funny coloured duck. This year is 2020. It's been such a year of contrasts, strange things happening. And we've all changed a lot and had to change. I think it's been a year of contrast because of work. Work has changed for lots of people. It's become either a lot more intense for many people, key workers in particular, including ourselves, public sector communicators working in local government, NHS, lots of other services. So, so yeah, it's been a year of contrast. We've had people furloughed, made redundant, people who have got their own business and they've had no support from the government. It's been a really, really difficult year. And then the lockdowns themselves, say plural, they seem to have been in and out of lockdown in some parts of the UK. It's had its highs and its lows, hasn't it? We've missed seeing loved ones, but many of us have had more time at home to do things that maybe we haven't done for a while. Reconnecting with hobbies, spending more time with our children. So there have been lots of positives as well as the difficulties. And for me, walking along this canal and the little roads leading up and down to it, trees on either side, an old broken down dry stone wall, badly in need of repair, overgrown with ivy. It's these things that have kept me going. Half of these routes, I didn't even know they were here at the start of this year. I've learnt a lot about the local area. I've learnt a lot about nature. Looking up those funny looking ducks, seeing what they're called, learning about the birds and the wildlife with my son and watching the changing seasons. I think we've all gone a bit more local and I don't think that's such a bad thing. But I'm still going to say roll on 2021 and give me that vaccine. Bye. Our final clip features original unplugger Jill Spur, who delights us every year in the comms unplugged field by bringing her pack of dogs along. Jill was due to give us one of our talks in the Marquise in 2020 about imposter syndrome, and she will be back in 2021 to run that session. Meanwhile, she's going to cover in this clip something that's really dear to our hearts and really important for all of us, and that is kindness, both to yourself and to others. I've changed a lot in 2020, but I think it's been in spite of the pandemic and not because of it. Back in January, I watched a TED talk on the science of being happy, which really intrigued me. And I decided to follow its advice pretty much from a nothing left to lose approach. The talk spoke about the language we use, which is always a subject that interests me and how you can improve your happiness by changing your default language to be more positive. And to do that, you write down three things you're grateful for every day 
for 21 days. 21 days because that's how long it takes you to form a new habit. I didn't really notice any change at first. In fact, it was quite subtle. But part way through, it occurred to me that I was handling the pandemic a lot better than I would have anticipated and that I was a lot more resilient. In fact, the anxiety I've experienced for years has reduced significantly. I sleep better, I'm more focused and I've been more confident. And because my stress levels and the hormones that govern them have reduced so significantly, it's had a physical effect as well as mental. And that's something we don't always appreciate. Chronic cortisol production is not good for our bodies. There's been a few other things I've thrown in, like meditation and mindfulness and the art of letting go, which is something I've never been very good at. But my biggest change has been acknowledging that the person who was most unkind to me was myself, which is quite a revelation. As my language changed, I became more aware of the subtle stings I give myself. Under the guise of protecting me from hurt or criticism, I downplay what I'm good at and I anticipate disappointment. Someone's bound to be better, bound to be stronger, bound to be more of whatever. That then invariably becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, not because the someone is better, but because I didn't bring my best self. And then the brain believes it's right and the cycle continues and it's a really difficult habit to break. Part of the reason I believe is because we're set against each other in an unhealthy competition from a very early age, particularly, but not exclusively, women versus women. We're always told someone else is after our job, they're cleverer, they're slimmer, they're fitter, they're prettier, always different, always more. Yet, when we support someone to be their best self, as we know from Unplugged and the marvellous things they do, magic happens. Imagine. If we lived in a world where the social media was dominated by kindness, politics was managed with empathy and where being in need was the only motivation it took to help someone. We've seen examples of all of those things this year, despite the terrible circumstances of the pandemic. And that gives me hope we'll see more of them in 2021 and beyond. A simple act of kindness is a butterfly effect that ripples across the world, but it also reflects back on us too. And it starts by being kind to yourself, being forgiving of your mistakes, not overanalyzing them like I was in the habit of doing, celebrating your successes without get out clauses that someone else would be better and accepting who you are without wanting to change, but loving your differences that makes you the unique, beautiful soul you are. So I wish everyone a kind new year and I hope in 2021 you're not afraid to use some of your empathy on yourself because you know in the end we're all just doing the best we can in a moment. Well, that's a wrap both for episode 20 of the podcast and for 2020 itself. There are a few things that we didn't manage to mention in this episode, things that happened in 2020 that we're quite proud of or that we really enjoyed. Something, for example, like Yolaboka Flod, which is the Icelandic book flood tradition that we got involved with, sending each other books and chocolate to enjoy on Christmas Eve. Or also we all got involved with Donna Jordan, our 2019 Unpluggers Drive, to get get 100 cards for her 100-year-old nan for her birthday. 
All of these things have been wonderful to get involved with and we've really enjoyed them and would like to continue doing those sort of activities into 2021. So do enjoy it. Just remember those five steps to wellbeing, which I hope you've seen have threaded throughout all of these clips. Connect, be active, take notice, keep learning and give. See you soon.